Hey, what's up, y'all? I'm Scott. I'm Shatay, and we're the Hazes. Welcome back. Um, we are knee-deep off into the second season of The Love Haze. Uh, we spent quite a bit of time in the first season talking about uh, the inner healing work that we yeah. have to do and um, kind of moving through um, now and transitioning to our purpose work, the things that we're supposed to do as we begin to heal and as we're in proce process of healing, yep. uh, the work that we have to then do. Uh, many of the situations that, that we incur in life, uh, they lead us to something that um, spiritually we've been, we're being directed to our purpose. And this season, we've been very intentional in talking about the purpose work that we all have to do. Yes, yes. In life, we believe that there will always be a haze, but you have a choice to show up whole and healed and with purposeful action anyways. So today, we're going to keep it going. Uh, we have incredible conversation lined up for us with uh, Kenny, Kenneth White and Omari Henderson. Um, Kenny is an engineer in sales uh, his entire career uh, in the finance space, working with retail companies in the Southeast. Um, Omari is an engineer by trade, but also an entrepreneur and innovator, uh, always looking to start something new. He's also an art lover uh, who loves to do his part to help the community. Uh, both Kenny and Omari are fathers of three. Bourbon connoisseurs. Come <laughs> on, bourbon connoisseurs. Two of the co-founders <laughs> yeah. of, yes, co of the Youth Challenge Inc., uh, which started in 2016. It is a uh, youth mentoring organization uh, whose mission is to expose and expire, inspire uh, young men ages 12 to 17 in the Atlanta area. So thank you all for joining us. We're so happy to have you all. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. All right. You going to start us off? Yeah, man. Well, first of all, I, I want to say welcome to uh, two of my Tuskegee brethren. To you? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> no. <laughs> Tuskegee's always doing big things, man. So I'm, I'm glad to uh, have this opportunity to kind of to bring light to uh, what, what my brothers are doing, man. Yeah. And, um, you know, we Tuskegee's amazing as a university. Of course, my wife knows that uh, she, she chose well. Listen, first of all, <laughs> y'all have like some kind of cult-ish following going on. <laughs> nah, I was homecoming. I was like, "What? Why are we here this long? Like, what are we, what are we doing here?" Like, oh, it starts here. <laughs> you have to start in Atlanta and then go. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's perfect in Atlanta, it's like the only two-state homecoming on earth. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a lot. It's so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but, but we can't miss. I've been I've been going to that homecoming since I was a kid because yep. my parents mm -hmm. went went to school there. So um, it's, it's it's just a part of my life. I can't uh, like last year was weird, like not going. It was the first time mm -hmm. I hadn't been in forever. So, yeah. And, and, and that's, that's another thing me and Omari share. Both my parents went to Tuskegee. Yeah. And, wow. Uh, yeah. Went there as well. So I was third gen and I love to tell the story. So. Uh, and my daughter is there now, so I've got a fourth generation Tuskegee student. Legacy. Come on, Tuskegee student, a lot of loot over the years. Keeping the university in the business. Keeping the community. So again, welcome y'all. So we just gonna jump right into it, um, and we'll start with you, Omari, and then we'll get some uh, additional input from Kenneth. Tell tell us about what you guys do with Youth Challenge Incorporated and, and how it got started. Yeah, so. You know, Youth Challenging started in 2016. Um, it was um, actually it's a it's a pretty cool story on how we got started. I, um, as as you mentioned in the intro, I'm just kind of a starter. I like to start things, and I've got a, a lot of businesses that I've started over the years. Um, with the main one being Zucot Gallery here in Atlanta with my brother, and. Um, the 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 thing about YCI was I wanted to try and do something that really helped the community that and I wanted to try to give back to to young people to young men and I was like I had at the time my son was in high school he's in college now and I was kind of listening to him and his friends talk one day just about what they were going to do next in life and I didn't, you know, they were just kind of, it was very just, you know, they, they weren't thinking big enough. They weren't really thinking outside of the box about things they could do with their life, places they could go, things like that. So I was like, you know, there's probably an opportunity for me to pour into them a little more. Mm -hmm. So it really started with just thinking about that and then thinking about how I came up and how I grew up with my parents 
um, really, I didn't, with my parents kind of exposing me to a lot of different things. Like they would take me places, um, not, not really, you know, not, not like traveling out of the country or anything, but just like showing me that things were there. And so because I knew things were there, I was ready to tackle those things when I got early, when I got older. And so um, I wanted to try to create something that could pour into these young men the same way. And um, it, it uh, there, there's a, uh, a mentor of mine. His name is Hank Thomas. And uh, Hank Thomas, I don't know if you know who he is, but he was a freedom rider. He's a... Um, He's a big time philanthropist here in Atlanta, business business owner here in Atlanta. And we were talking to him about the opportunity to start something like YCI. And he funded the whole project. He came wow. in and said, I, you know, I he he just wrote a check. He said, I love this idea. He he let us work with his lawyers and his financial people. And that's how we got off the ground. Just you know, just with him, just seeing the vision and and uh, and 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 giving us the resources to start, and so we got a lot of volunteers together. Um, and I called I called Kenny, who you know Kenny and I have been friends since college. And uh, I called Kenny. I said, "Look, I think this is," and and he was already interested in this space as well. And I said, I, "We've got this opportunity." And that's how we got it off the ground. And we've been trying, we've been going strong ever since. And we just started with a, with a few young men and it's grown over the years. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. So Kenny, kind of tell us your story. What, what, what drove you to get involved uh, on this level? Yeah, that's, uh, uh, Omari stated extremely well in the sense of kind of how we got started. And remember I was traveling for the job I was in. Gaines, the booming metropolis of Gainesville, Florida. And <laughs> he called me up and I just remember as I was sitting in my room and I was and I just thought back in times, you know, that we've had conversations over the years. Because uh, you, you, you opened this up in terms of the, your season two is really about finding passions. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had uh, always talked about, you know, you know, we, we we air our grievances with one another about our jobs and whatever the case may mm -hmm. be. Yep. and never found what that kind of that purpose was. Right. Yeah. And I remember he, we, we've had we, us having discussions in the past about, you know, what is that, what is that thing that we're supposed to be doing? Because this nine to five thing, and it's more than nine to five, but whatever, that nine to five thing ain't it. Right. And so we had talked about, you know, free, just freestyling ideas about different things that we could do. And when this opportunity kind of uh, landed, it was like, man, this is perfect. Yeah, uh, and it was perfect for for a few reasons. A, it was nothing that we had really kind of set out for, and a lot of times that's the best thing. The ones that kind of you're in the right place, right time. You yep. positioned yourself to be uh, open to it, and those types of things. Yep. And then it was something that's kind of near and dear to both myself and Omari in terms of young black men and mm -hmm. being a resource. And you know, I've always been. My father was an educator. And I've always been surrounded by incredible influences, right? And influences all over the spectrum. You know, we always talk about influences like people that are doing extremely well. But mm -hmm. it's cats that are just like, you know, just grinding on doing regular yeah. jobs. But they are in, in, uh, incredible people to pour in your life, right? And I always had those folks around me. And so I thought that I could bring some added uh, value to the lives of these young men just through some of my experiences and some of the things that I've kind of... Uh, lived through and you know, been taught and been around my life. So no, so it was a great opportunity in a, in a, in a way to, you know, bring some of the stuff I've learned in my 40 plus years uh, to these yeah. young men in, in a different light. I think that's a really cool story. And to your point, like, yeah, sometimes it's, you, you don't plan it, but I love that idea of kind of staying open to the impressions to where life leads you and to, you know, a lot of times mm -hmm. uh, I think that's how a lot of people kind of fall into right. a, it seems like falling into, but I think it's it, destined like to happen. But uh, I think that's really incredible. So for either one of you, what is a follow up question is, what does the uh, mentorship program look like? What are some of the things you all are doing throughout the course of the year? What are some of the um, opportunities or experiences you're exposing these young men to? So um, since COVID hit, we've, we've actually had to, you know, we've had to pivot a little bit and we've, mm -hmm. we've moved to a virtual format with the young men, but 
our our goal is to try to meet with them twice a month. So we meet on the second and fourth Saturdays of the month and we meet for a couple of hours. And the idea is really just to bring we bring in speakers um, or we have conversations with them about just what's going on in the world. We let them talk. Um, we have a round table that's a part of it where they can just talk about anything that they want to talk about and bring up. And you'll be surprised at some of the conversations that get sparked from that. But the, but the idea for us is we've had just recently, uh, we've had sessions on mental health. So we brought in a therapist to talk to them about mental health, something to kind of demystify that and make it okay for young black men to talk about mental health, Kenny yeah. and I are 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 big, um, you know, just just you know, big fans of making sure that you take care of your whole self, mm-hmm. and so we try to impart that on them as well. We try to make sure that they understand that it's okay to talk about that kind of stuff. We did a we had a session where we partnered with Bank of America. And we did um, just financial literacy and they did a two part session for us on financial literacy. Um, We've had um, other entrepreneurs come in and talk to them about their businesses. So those are just some of the things that we do. And we just we bring people in. We'd love to have you guys come in and talk about what you do. You know, that type of that type of stuff, because like Kenny was just saying. You know, the idea is to to give them and let them see all these different aspects of life, all these different things that people mostly that look like them are doing. Yeah. And and it it will inspire them to look at the world in a different way. Absolutely. Yeah. And so some of the things that we do in the session might seem a little different, but we found it works out extremely well. So we used to when we were meeting in person, by the way, COVID is the worst house guest on planet Earth. (laughs) Uh, But when we were meeting in person, we opened up every session. Our first three years actually with Tai Chi. Uh, We had a brother named Jomo. uh, He passed away a few months ago, but uh, awesome brother, man. And uh, he taught the brothers Tai Chi. And Tai Chi is basically uh, meditation with movement. Right. Mm -hmm. And. It was funny watching these cats when we first started it, man. And, you know, they were like 12, 13, 14, 15. They were like, this is the lamest thing on earth, right? <laughs> and they started doing it. And, and of course, we always hopped in because we didn't want them to feel, you know, any kind of way. And we would show that we didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> we all learning this thing at the same time. And, and more and more, they got into it and actually looked forward to it each week. And... Um, when, when Brother Jomo actually, unfortunately, got sick and stuff, we said, okay, none of us know how to teach Tai Chi, so let's do something <laughs> different. Now we open up each session with a some a mindfulness exercise mm-hmm. uh, to kind of just to create a space of being open and receptive to whatever is being taught, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so we started with some kind of either a guided meditation or some kind of mindfulness exercise. And then, like Omari said, we tap into what you know whatever the... Uh, roundtable discussion is where it's an open forum to talk about whatever. It could be national events, it could be what's going on in your school, it could be what's going on in your household. But what I always found funny was, you know, Omari touched on some of the things that we've done, particularly this year in COVID, Mm -hmm. but some of the stuff that we were doing prior to it when we were able to meet in person, you would never think they would get into. We had a retired teacher come in and teach a lesson about writing Mm -hmm. on a Saturday morning, right? So the whole time I'm like, I remember we were talking in the back, like, I don't know how this going to go. <laughs> yeah. And, and then the CNAs, you don't catch, like, literally engaged. And by the end of it, they actually put together a, like, a creative writing assignment mm-hmm. and were really into it. And she taught them basically how to format it, how to outline it, how to get your thoughts together and then create, right? And, and so it's actually really cool when you see these, uh, what, you know, your perspective would be, nah, these kids won't be in a lot of this stuff. I think when you come from it at a, at a place, uh, hey, let's just see it out there. And, you know, these people have your best interests at heart, that they, they are really to take on a lot of stuff. And uh, that's that's been probably one of my biggest eye opening moments is that it's, it's funny. Men Omari talk all the time about. We're going to see how this goes. And we've never had a bad session, right? Yeah. 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 We never, <laughs> like, I don't like, know. Yeah, we're going to 
to work out. And every time it like hits the right the, the, the right notes every single time. So that's why we know it's a lot of times it's out of our hands and it's something mm -hmm. that's supposed to be. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. You know, when you have teenage, you have teenage boys, you never, you know, they can they might get on their phones, they might, you know, you never know what's gonna happen. And so we you all you gotta be ready for uh, you know, you gotta be ready for the ones that you know that are gonna be engaged sometimes, and then the ones who might put their head down and be like, Oh, my mom made me come. Yeah. And so to like get them like up and going all the time mm -hmm. is um, so starting out with that meditation, like it puts everybody in the same place. And yep. so they're receptive and then they just come, they come out ready. Yeah. Um, like public speaking, like we had some, some young men real quiet, but we did, we, we opened up a session. We had a young man who actually became part of the Harvard debate team that was here in Atlanta. Um, so he came back to the organization and taught taught them public speaking and debating, you know, so they were teaching each other at that point. So just seeing how they were receptive to, you know, one of their brothers in the program doing something. It was amazing. We just sat back and watched. We, you know, we, we did nothing when, when that was going on. That brother was so good. He taught me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh I, 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 <laughs> I was like, I need to try to get in the Harvard debate program. Yeah. So I was like, man, I'm in learning in here. So yeah. we actually try to throw as much stuff as we can to these brothers, man. And, and they take it on like champs. So, yeah. I think that's beautiful, especially I think to your point, one, one last follow up question that's too interesting. The I, I agree that it's probably the moving together, the mindfulness moment, just putting them together in that moment to open up together. I think it's probably creating some sort of synergy and trust between them. Um, so you all created a safe space for them to feel comfortable enough mm -hmm. to learn, to experience new things without feeling uh, stupid or if they do feel mm -hmm. stupid, they feel stupid together. So I think that. That's beautiful. And exposing them to, you know, some mental health care practices at an early age is so important for our community. We talk about it all mm -hmm. the time. Um, you know, mm -hmm. us as adults have just now in our lifetimes been able to normalize or be a part of the normalization mm -hmm. of that conversation. So for younger generations to have it earlier on, I think that's really incredible. My, my follow-up question, because you all have already kind of started to talk about it. I would love to hear a little bit more about the impact in the the students' lives, like some of the outcomes I hear they've done creative writing pieces and gone on to do Harvard debate. Like what are some of the other things that you're seeing some of these uh, young men go on to do after they've been in the program? So they, um, they, you know, one, one thing about our program, I think that makes it a little unique um, from other programs like it is that we have kids from all different spectrums. We've got some affluent kids. We've got some kids that, you know, are from, you know, different neighborhoods in Atlanta, we've got, so we don't focus just on one type of, one type of student. And yeah. so they come from all over the city. We, you know, from Gwinnett County, Stockbridge, wherever, and we meet in, in, um, in our art gallery in, 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 um, downtown Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So some people are driving like an hour, two hours, you know, or the, you know, in traffic trying to get there all the time. And so what the, what we've learned is that they actually learn from each other. And so, um, you know, they've started to kind of feed off of each other. And so when one person talks about things that they want to do, it'll spark something in yeah. one of the other students. Yeah. And so we're, we're starting to see now we've got several students that are headed to college yep. and right. we're starting to see them go into um, they're They're talking about going into design. In engineering. And I hope that some of that influence came from us. I mean, we're meeting yeah. in an art gallery and then yeah. they're talking about going into design, you know, and we're engineers that are working with them and they're and they're they're starting to go into a lot of different things. And so, um, you know, we we see them kind of just growing and, um, you know, they're 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 becoming, like you said, the Harvard debate, the writers, the um, they're, they're, they're actually trying to start businesses now yeah. and, and starting to work. And so it's, it's really cool just to see the evolution of some of the things that they've done. So can you want to add to that? Cool things is when you see people come back, like we have a gentleman named Ronnie and Ronnie wasn't, you know, when we, we felt Ronnie was a day one for us. Right. Yeah. And, uh, Ronnie was one of them cats who was a arm's length dude. 
right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was that way probably, what, what would you say, Marty, first year and a half or so? It took a while to yeah. break that, right? Yeah, and yeah. And we got him as like a sophomore uh, in high school. And, but Ron is like, like truly a great, great kid who is like an incredible musician. Dude mm-hmm. plays like five instruments and, you know, just an incredible musician. And he channeled that energy the right way. So now Ronnie just finished his second year at Bethune Cookman. Nice. You know, whatever. What's that marching band called? Whatever their marching band is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> brother, when, you know, I remember when his first year, his first game, because they probably didn't have games this year. So the, for the year he played, right? Yeah. Uh, he, his first game he sent in, in our group me because we, you know, we, we use group me as a way to kind of keep in touch. And and funnel information, and also for them to give us, let us know what's going on in their lives. He sent us a uh, a uh, video of them in a drum line and stuff like that. Wow. And then, you know, like Will, Will was part of the group. Will starting his second year in college. We've had a few sessions virtually. He has popped on virtually to kind of just chat with the brothers mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. that's the part that I find very. Uh, confidence and like we on the right path is yeah. that folk, when these young brothers are leaving they're coming back yeah yeah and then they're, yeah. they're they're calling too and asking questions and you know even when they get in college they'll call back and ask for advice um so it's it, it feels good to like you know just just for them just to uh that we created that space where they feel like they can just come back all the time throughout their lives we can be that we can carry them through through college and through them starting their careers and everything. So I think it'll be, I think we, we've got kind of this long term relationship that we're building with them. Yeah. And um, yeah, the, and the young man that was in um, Harvard debate, um, he actually, um, his name is Keith and uh, Keith now is a freshman at Pepperdine university. Wow. So, um, you know, just to see where they're going, like Pepperdine, yeah. you know, that was I, I would have you know that wasn't on my radar when I was his age, and now he's out there doing that. It's, I mean, it's just huge to kind of see that. And and that brother, trust me, he's one of them names you're gonna hear in the future. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That dude, that dude's special. That dude's that yeah. dude's a bad dude, a brilliant orator. And uh, yeah, it's just cool, man. It's just cool to, um, and you know, all of us have mentors, and you can never mm-hmm. have too many of them. And mm-hmm. that's one of the things we wanted, wanted them to always have a, a, a person or a place they can come back to, you know, just to kind of have, have feelings of home or something like that. Yeah, man. I, you know, I think the whole idea behind just exposing, right, mm-hmm. just having an opportunity to be exposed to, to that much and mm-hmm. that many people that look like us, right, yeah. that do all of these different things. Uh I know for me personally, I actively want to kill the idea of the talented 10th, right? There, mm-hmm. There's so many more of us that are talented and, yeah. and that should be expected to go to higher heights. And at the root of it, for me, a lot of times is really just about exposure. Yep. Like, what have you seen? Yep. Right. If I've seen this, then we normalize that. Then the expectation is there. So you've seen all these things, then just pick, you know, which one. You know, or or what? Or remix what, it. Yeah, remix different. it. Yeah. What you want go, you have an opportunity, but this is already being done. Yeah, right. You're not odd or anything like that, but we still ex- expect you to be above and beyond because the example is here mm-hmm. for you to do that. Yeah. So, man, I, I think it's so dope, man. And uh, next time y'all do mental health, y'all young girls better call me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 we got, we got you. Yeah, about, like, <laughs> yeah, uh, to that. And, you know, what really kind of capped it off was, you know, I, I, like Omari said, we've always been on it from our perspective. Right. Mm-hmm. And we were like, nah, this would be great. But what I, I remember watching a special and it talked about depression rates and suicide rates of COVID during COVID mm-hmm. and particularly with teenagers. Yeah. And I, it was like, oh, and it was like scary. Right. Because I got teenagers and I'm like, whoa. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we are youth, youth group of teenagers. And, you know, people I love dearly, like my brothers and my and, and my friends, they have teenagers. So I was like, no, nah, we need to at least try to at least start to have this conversation. But mm-hmm. like, like to your point, Scott, man, this is a ongoing conversation. This ain't a one time thing. So it's something we're going to probably uh, make as, you know, part of our program in the sense of mm-hmm. consistent check ins from a mental health space. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. 
I will yeah. be you up on that offer as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got you covered. I mean, we do a we do a check in with them at the beginning, especially now that we're on Zoom. We do a, ch- a individual check in with each person um, on on the call, and um, and the the reason for that is just so we can check in with them mentally. Like, how, where are you right now? How do you feel today? Like, what's going on? And in our last session, there was a young brother on there that we asked him that question, and he talked for thirty minutes about. Yeah, he was great. I mean, but he and 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 he just really talked about what was going on with him with school and how he was feeling all this pressure. And then the other young men jumped in and were like, "You got behind in school." Hey man, send you send me some of your assignments, man. I'll help you out. I'll do them for you. And, and we, we had to be like, hey, yeah, we, <laughs> had to, we had to be like, hold up, hold up. That's not what we said. <laughs> but it was just, you know, it was just cool to to like hear that though. To like to hear them kind of jump in and do something like that. But him feeling comfortable enough to really just just share, like, look, I'm not in a good place right now. Like I'm feeling this stress, I'm feeling this pressure, and I need some help. And we just spent time just talking to him. So, yeah. So tell us, man, what what um, is the haze of this work? What are, what are some of the difficulties that y'all find with with trying to do this work, with trying to reach these young brothers? Uh, you know, even some of the challenges that y'all face individually with trying to get it done. So I would say one of the biggest one biggest challenges we have is again, you know, we this isn't our primary job right yeah. uh so it's really one of our pr- primary struggles is allotting the time to schedule out what we want to have for our upcoming you know, programs right and that's where volunteers come in handy because it's just him and i trying to come up with these ideas and you know hey <laughs> sometimes they're fantastic sometimes we're like hey let's put this together right <laughs> that's a challenge um you know anytime you're in a non-profit space um the 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 money side of it is always you know some opportunity there uh and then just making sure that we have the volunteers uh needed to kind of put together the program that we want to mm-hmm. uh so yeah. i would say those are probably the biggest challenges and uh with programming being one of the one of our you know the consistent struggle in terms of what does the next program look like mm. Yeah, just having I I agree with with Kenny. Just having the um, you know, just coming up with content. Yep. Um, you know, just the 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 content creation for it and keeping it fresh for them so it doesn't get redundant. Mm-hmm. Um, and anytime you run a business, um, because I mean it, it it's a business, so we have to operate. We have to we have to have you know funds to operate. We have to raise money some kind of way to make this happen. So it's a lot of our investment right now. And we go after, you know, some grants and things when we can. But again, just having that time to be able to sit down and do that with the other things that we have going on becomes the becomes the challenge. But what we know is that we can't stop. And so um, it doesn't it, it, you know, even when we don't have a full program put together, we know that what we have to do is still meet with them. If we don't have a guest speaker, we still meet. So that consistency is what we can control. And Mm -hmm. so, and that's what we try to make sure that we, that, that, that we always stay true to them and be that resource for them. Mm. That's the haze of anything though, right? Of anything that you love and that you care for, you know, is being there and uh, making sure that, you know, what you bring to it is, is substantive. Yeah. 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 Mm. I think y'all have some really great stuff going on. And just it seems like the way that you're opening the students' minds is just it's really beautiful to to listen to y'all talk about it. Um, so then how has I've heard we've heard a little bit about how it's impacting the the young men that you're around, but how has it impacted your lives? Like have what's that looking like for y'all? It's you know, it's incredibly fulfilling actually to um to just to know that you can have this kind of impact on their lives with with relatively little effort. You know, it doesn't take a whole lot. Like, you, you know, you can inspire these young men by just talking to them. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you know, sure. it's, yeah, just showing them. It doesn't, you know, sometimes we think, well, we've got to put together like this whole program. And it, like before I get started with stuff, I need to have this much money and this many resources mm-hmm. and this many people. And you don't. <laughs> you you yeah. just need to, you know, it, it it's us just kind of pouring into them. And I and both of our sons have been in the program. My son is now in college and um, Kenny's son is still in the program. And I see the I've seen the growth in him and my son just being a part of it. He's at Alabama A&M now. I don't know how he chose out about me. He's at, he's at, he's at, he's at, he's at <laughs> the traitor, you know. But, uh, but, but, you know, I just, you know, you just seeing the growth in him within the program, but not necessarily it coming from me seeing like him connect like with Kenny or some of the other volunteers. And that message is just not coming from me. Mm-hmm. It's coming from these other people or it's coming from the other young men in the program that are inspiring him to do something. And so watching his growth without my hands on it, you know, was was really that was really cool. So, um, you know, um, Kenny, you want to add to that? Yeah. So I remember a funny story was, you know, you know, with, uh, his son, uh, you know, he, he had a freshman year like a lot of people have. Freshman years, right. <laughs> Uh, at a and a man was having fun. So, hey, I got <laughs> fun too, right? And uh, so I remember uh, Omar was at the crib one day and we were just chatting it up. And, you know, he was venting to me about it like we do, right? <laughs> and how them grades looking. So I was like, this is a great opportunity. So I actually started communicating with him, right? And this is so it's outside the sphere of Omar, but it's a brother that he, he trusts, right? In mm-hmm. terms of Omar trusts me to talk to his son. And will trust me in terms of the conversation I'm having with him. And it looks different because it ain't coming from his dad. Yeah. Right. And so mm-hmm. it's it's actually very cool to kind of have those kind of relationships. And you know, I can I can mess with him and be like, hey, what the hell are you doing? You know, what I mean? <laughs> he'll be like, my bad, Uncle Kenny, I'm gonna get it. <laughs> and, uh, so it, it's kind of cool to have that. So the biggest impact that it's had actually in my life is it's kind of weird to say this, but like. I, I, I've never got, I like, I enjoy my jobs, but I, that was never my purpose. Right. Um, right. I was a, I was a capitalistic pig and I went after money. So that's what, what my motivation was in my jobs. Right. <laughs> and, but I found that as I, as I got older and older, that wasn't, uh, I didn't do it for me as much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I found more and more frustration in my jobs, in my career. And I've noticed the last four and a half years how I actually have more of an appreciation for my job because Mm -hmm. I've actually found something that I'm passionate about that is not related to my job. Mm -hmm. So I like look at my parents and stuff. So my father was an educator and that was his passion. And so brother got, you know, he got that juice from his job, which is beautiful, Mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And my mother was a nurse for like 40 plus years until she retired at the VA. So she and she loved that work and she got her passion from the job. Uh, my job was for, for my W-2, you know, and it was mm-hmm. passion from it. And so this allowed me to actually get something, get, you know, meet something that was in me uh, that my job couldn't provide. But in doing so, it gave me real passion about my job in terms of it gave me appreciation, I should say, for my job. And so that's one of the biggest things personally that is done for me. Mm, it's yeah. filled your tank. So you have something mm-hmm. to give up at yeah. your job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'll, I'll add to that too, because um, my situation was, you know, as it relates to seeing my parents and seeing like my dad, for instance, didn't find his passion in his job, but his passion was in art, not in his corporate job every day. So I saw him leave his corporate job to pursue his passion. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, as, as, as I've been working in, in corporate America and no, not knowing that was, and, and knowing that that was not my real passion, I started always trying to do other stuff and like look for it. And so, um, it, it, you know, in a, in a similar way to, you know, how Kenny was like, saw that his parents had passion in, in their jobs. And then he started searching for it. I saw my parents 
have passion in other things they were doing outside. So I did the same thing, yeah. you know? So it was, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting. I never thought about it like that until he just said that, but you know, it's, it, it's, it's interesting how you kind of follow these, these similar paths where you're looking for that passion. You see it. If you have an example of it and you see it, you're going to seek it out some kind of way. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why what the work that you all are doing with these young men is so important because they see the examples that you, mm -hmm. you know, expose them to and that you're setting for them. So now they can, you know, know what's possible for mm -hmm. their own lives. I think that's really what it is. It's just about seeing, uh, you know, yourself mm -hmm. or the possibility of yourself, you know, and the people around you. Yeah. Yeah. I think so many of us sometimes are, are groomed for like just that that job. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, so both of my parents worked and retired from the V.A. And so all they ever talked about was getting a good government job. <laughs> <laughs> I ran from that government job for like 20 years, man. And now, of course, I work for the VA. Right. Um, <laughs> you couldn't help also, it, huh? It called you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what I also found was that it was what they didn't teach me was it, it was also okay to try to find my purpose. Mm -hmm. And so this is more about understanding that, you know, I can have a career. That may be my purpose work or I may find my purpose outside of, you know, my regular career. And some of my my purpose work is is tied to what I do. Yeah. I, I love working with my veterans, but I believe that my purpose work is more about teaching, especially black folks, uh, young folks, particularly men and boys about mental health yeah. and about it being a, a part of our whole health. Yeah. Right. And we have to attend to those things just like we do anything else, you know, just like you attend to your car or you attend to, you know, going to the doctor to get a physical, you got to get a mental health checkup. So that ties into my purpose work and it kind of found its own way. And that kind of ties into like the next question. Like, I know that we all believe that everybody has purpose, but how do we find it? How do we, how do we go about getting to what our purpose work is? That's a great <laughs> question. And, and a yeah. hard yeah. yeah. let you go first on this one, Omar. And I'll <laughs> I think it's about um, <laughs> we, you actually touched on it, Kenny. It's about being open. Yeah. And it's about having the license to be open to and being vulnerable to finding these things that might not be um, the thing that you think is that you're set out to do. I think sometimes school actually prevents us from finding that purpose, actually. I'm not mm -hmm. trying to not go into school at all or going to college or anything like that. But sometimes when we go to school, school kind of teaches you to get a job. When you're in college, that's what they talk about the entire time. Mm -hmm. The career fair is coming. Get your resume ready. When you leave here, you got to go work for this company and do this. Right. And whether or not that's your purpose doesn't even matter when you're in school. So I think you would what we have um, what we have to do is really be open to to learning more about ourselves, what we're passionate about um, and being vulnerable in certain situations so that we can just learn. And you'd have to continue to learn and talk to people and your network that does a lot for you with that. So as you talk to other people that are doing other things that might spark something. And you might find your passion in something just because you met with somebody who's doing something that you could potentially be interested in someday. So I think not being siloed in your life or in your career will help you in terms of just finding that. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm, I feel like I'm on this constant search for figuring out what all of my purposes are. I think you yeah. can have more than one. Uh -huh. And so um so, you know, I found one in art. Like I'm I'm supposed to be a I, I think that's one of my things that I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Um with this with this organization with YCI, I found something else. Like it was something that I'm supposed I'm here for. That's what God put me here to do these two things. But there's probably other things out there too that I just haven't tapped into yet that I'm, you know, constantly looking for. And so um, we just have to continue to, to, as we grow and we learn and we get older, those, those, your purpose may change. It may, you know, and, and you, you may, you may learn something else and you may gain some additional knowledge and move into something else, but just be willing to pivot and be yeah. willing to like, try something new. Um, and, um, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I th and I, I agree hundred percent with that. And I think part of it too, man, and both Scott, you hit on this and Omari did as well. 
you know, our parents' generation, uh, first off, they did incredible jobs. Uh, yeah. But mm-hmm. what, and anytime you say but, you negate this, what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> they did incredible jobs, but their whole logic was, I want you to go out and get a job. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, it makes sense, right, that you have to be able to support yourself, support your family, et cetera, et cetera. But a a loss in that was I want you to find something that actually bring you some happiness. Yeah. And I think some of the stuff that we're doing is trying to unlearn a little bit of that, that it's not just about finding a job. It's not just about Mm -hmm. six income figures. It's truly about, you know, what brings you happiness every day. Mm-hmm. And so I one of the things I'm trying to be mindful of is, you know, I, I remember hearing something early. Somebody said uh, this was about probably 20 years ago, you know, when you're trying to say, what should I be doing in life? And yeah. they were like, what, what did you like at eight and 10 years old? Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the stuff that was <laughs> meant for you, right. Mm-hmm. So I'm being like when I'm watching my, my my youngest is nine and my son is 15 and I have a 20 year old. But I like to see what they are into right now. And like my son is into cooking and uh, he was terrible at first. He's getting a lot better. Right. (laughs) But he enjoys this stuff. Right. And so I'm like, okay, how can I, you know, keep him interested in that, but then like maybe take that even further where it might not be, you know, it's, it's the perfect world. If your passion and your career all align. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's not necessarily the case for most people, probably most people. Right. Mm-hmm. But how do you still uh, scratch that itch, so to speak, in terms of your passions yeah. and also meet your other obligations that you have? And mm-hmm. so I think we just need to make sure we are always cognizant of what you know brings us joy and brings us happiness. And then trying to make sure that you spend as much time in those areas as you do in these other areas that are, you know, always pulling at your time. Yes. I think both of you hit on some really like important and interesting ideas to your point, uh, Kenny, about paying attention to what you enjoy as a child, how you spent your time playing. um, Mm -hmm. It's something I think about often, even in the way that my own career has evolved. And I've seen all of the things I used to do when I was a kid show up in my career in some Mm -hmm. way, because I was intentional after college uh, I'll get back to your point, Mario. After college, about finding joy and curiosities that I had always liked, finding a way to weave that into my work, and I think that has is definitely been a haze because it's you have to find you know non traditional ways to make it, but it has been fulfilling in a way that I know my work probably wouldn't have been otherwise. And so you know, if cooking culinary arts doesn't end up being his thing. Maybe it's some part about cooking. Maybe it's building things. Maybe it's, Mm -hmm. you know, like maybe it's building the recipes or maybe it's something about it could eventually turn into uh, something more, Mm -hmm. you know, like tangible down the line or it could, it could be, you know, he becomes a master chef that we were talking about uh, earlier. But (laughs) um, to your point, Amari, like we, we've not, I think as a society, maybe, uh, I don't know if it's just our community, not granted ourselves, our kids permission to go into college and explore and find themselves. We go in expecting that people have a major right away. And these are 17, 18 year olds don't know anything about themselves, about life, what types of you know different jobs are available. And we are expecting them to choose a profession mm-hmm. based on who they are at that mm-hmm. moment. You know, mm-hmm. and I was just thinking to myself recently, like, man, I wish I had like tried a lot of different things in college. And I'm learning so much through these conversations, even about, you know, communications backgrounds. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I would have really liked that in college if I had mm-hmm. known or had the permission to try it. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think if it were um, an opportunity somehow, I know the cost of education is crazy, but just to have at least that first year to just like try a bunch of stuff and then maybe not settle on a profession or a passion, but settle on a curiosity, like what's mm-hmm. what's kind of interesting mm-hmm. to you? Can you go in that direction a little bit more, see where it leads you? And then maybe you'll come out with work that, you know, has a good return on investment, but is also very interesting to you. So lots of things we yeah. could maybe be doing there. Yeah. I think yeah, a lot. Yeah. I, 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 I wish that, you know, that we could do that. I'm trying to encourage my, my kids as much as much as I can to follow that path. I think this next generation, they're yeah. they're a little more they they feel a little more entitled and so they're doing you know which is not always a bad thing yeah. because they want they want to do what they want to do 
And they're going to, you know, they'll be more, uh, they'll try to follow their passions a little more than we did, I think, um, because they're, they're incredibly tuned in to what they want. Sometimes it get, they go a little too far with it. So right. there's, there, there's a balance that has to happen there. We got to help. Yeah, yeah, we got to help them. But, um, but you know, like, like my son changed his major in, in school. Like I didn't change my major when I was in school. I stayed in the same thing the entire time. So he, he went in, he also liked cooking when he was in, when he was in high school. So he went to college and majored in food science. But when he got there, he realized that he liked operations more. So he changed his major to, um, logistics and supply chain management because he liked the operations side of things a little bit more. But and which is a complete shift, you know, he went from like the sciences to business, you know, so I think he felt comfortable doing something and making like this drastic change when he was there. Um, and it's and it's been, you know, it's been really helpful for him and, you know, his decision. He's thinking about the world differently now. So mm -hmm. I can, you know, you see that that they're making some decisions that we might not have made back when, you know, when we were in school and those types of things. So yeah. it's, it's cool to see that. Yeah. And sometimes I think, you know, it's it aligns. Like I think of my daughter and she's in her third year of Tuskegee now. Right. She's studying animal sciences. And this chick has been talking about being a vet since she was like, I don't know, seven watching. And going to Tuskegee since yeah. she was like seven. Right. And I'm like, you know, the whole time. So, you know, you hear this stuff and you like, OK, whatever. And then I was like, uh, all right, let's test this theory. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, these universities have like programs. So yeah. she went to Tuskegee two summers for so something called Vet Step. And it was truly mm -hmm. to give her a, a idea of this is something she wants to really pursue. Right. Yeah. And she would come back and it was like a week long program. They stay on campus. So she thought she was big time standing on the yard. <laughs> and she came back. She would tell these stories. And these stories were disgusting to me, right? She was like, I was, I was checking the cat, the calf. It was okay in, in the mama's stomach. And I was like, how you do that? She was like, I go through his, I was like, oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I fell out halfway through this whole process, right? But she was getting some enjoyment out of it, right? And enjoying the whole process and this kind of stuff. So I was like, all right, this might be your passion. And so, and, you know, she has never really wavered from that. Uh, and it's been 15 years now. Uh, but I started by, you know, I got into engineering and, and studying engineering because I was good at math and sciences. My counselor said, you will get a job after. <laughs> My pops was like, your ass need to get some get a job. <laughs> right? And so I like, oh, this is something I can do. <laughs> and Omari know my pops. He was really about to do it. Uh, Yeah, he wasn't playing. Hey, homeboy, uh, he's in check. You're going to get a job after. So I'm like, cool, I'll do that. But, I, I, you know, it never was my passion. So I think that's the biggest thing is trying to, uh, A, be real with yeah. yourself. Mm -hmm. It's like, why am I doing this, right? And then when you actually answer that one, if you're saying if it's for the money, I'm not even saying that's a bad thing. If it's for the money, be real about yourself with what you're doing it for. Uh, yeah. But make sure that you have some other thing because there's going to be a point in your life, particularly as you get older, uh, where you're going to be like, I need more fulfillment. Yeah. And uh, hopefully you get a lot of fulfillment outside of work life, work life you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but all of us want to get some fulfillment out of what we do. And, you know, YCI has been that outlet in a lot of ways for me. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Good stuff. I, I think Omari's uh, point, too, uh, really resonated with me because, you know, not to not school uh, and not to not, you know, what our parents taught us. But I think we have a unique opportunity with with the kids that we're pouring into to allow them to view like um, college, high school, the experiences that they have with you all via exposure as like an opportunity to build like a strong foundation and a framework. Yeah. Right. For what your life could look like and yeah. then to empower them to like have this opportunity to build out what they want to see, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, to to give them that framing. I think if I had had that framing some time ago, then I would have been better. Like my parents are kind of like yours, Kenny, like 
well, you know you not good with your hands. You ain't going to school. You need to be educated. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, less labor intensive. But uh, have that, that framework, I think, and then, you know, empowering them and telling them like, hey, you can build whatever you want to see. This is the education. You can do whatever you want to do with this and you can find, you know, like your master's work or or not master's work or some other venue. But this is a strong foundation for you to have. You've been exposed. Now find your own way. Yeah. If that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred hundred on that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah, we just have to. And, and like, you know, it. You see, we talk about our parents saying, you know, t- telling us those things and. For them at the time, it was the right thing. It was what they learned. It was, you know, and they were trying to, you know, they were trying to give us what what was right for the time. And I think mm-hmm. as we grow and evolve, there are different things for different periods of time. There are different things that we need to be doing. And um, and so we're going to speak to these young people a different way than our parents spoke to us because the times have just changed. Mm-hmm. And we and we can see it and we're growing and we're learning. So, I, you know, it's it, it's 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 the right thing for us to to continue to do. But I'm, I'm going to say this, man, that, that's the thing that I love the most about black people. Right. We continue to evolve and and learn better and do better. And like there are things that our generation is teaching our children mm-hmm. and then based on things that we learn from our parents, but then also things that we're teaching our parents about just like how to how to live better, how to love better. Right. And I think that all of us are always doing the best that we can with the information that we have. I honor our parents for doing the best that they could with the information that they have, but also being open to receiving new information yeah. from us and doing something different with that mm-hmm. information. And I, I think that part is really dope. Uh, I, I'll ask both of you gentlemen, then what's the biggest piece of advice that you could give? Um, if you could give to the young people or just in general, or in to general. Your, your younger self. How about that? Oh, younger self, younger self. <laughs> uh, for my younger self, it'll probably be, uh, to show up fully. Mm. And mm. when I, what I mean by that is, you know, uh, not dwelling on past mistakes or past anything or living too like, you know, vicariously of what might happen in the future but truly mm-hmm. trying to show up fully present each and every moment yeah, and uh, showing up fully both professionally and even probably even more importantly, personally. Uh, like I can think of like, a, you know, like I said, my oldest is 20, but a lot of her first, I don't know, seven, eight years are still like to use y'all's phrase a haze because I was traveling with work and, you know, preoccupied with trying to make money, et cetera, et cetera that you know it's been my last six or seven years that has taught me to really just try to always be present Mm. and uh try to show up fully each and every day you know both for me and also for those who i you know love and cherish around me so Mm. good stuff yeah appreciate that i i think if if i was talking if i was speaking to my younger self it would be um it, it would be to, we talked about it earlier, but being open, but like, it's okay to, to have a dream or a passion that you want to fight. It's, it's okay to like, just go ahead and follow that. And yeah. you don't even have to have, um, I think part of, part of the, one of the things that I've always done is, is had something to fall back on. Like yeah. tried to make sure that, you know, things were, were good financially, um, to some of Kenny's point, like making sure that, uh, like the financial piece has to go hand in hand with the happiness part of it mm-hmm. or with the fulfillment part of it. And if I had have understood that at a younger age, I probably would have made some different choices along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was just out here kind of trying to chase money and, or just, or, you know, trying to have these different jobs where I thought that I could um, find this fulfillment or thinking that the fulfillment would come from the money. Like if I'm going to make more money or get to this level at this company, that that's going to fulfill me in a certain way. And it was, then that was never the case. And so I would, you know, I would really tell my, my younger self that don't worry about that. 
just follow the things that you really want to do and and be present, like Kenny said, in those things. And so, um, I, you know, there's it, it, that, that's just one of the pieces of advice I would give myself. There's probably a lot of, uh, but yeah. I. But I'd be, you know, and, and the thing about traveling and stuff, I, I did the same thing when my kids were young. I was at home much. I was traveling all over the place. My wife was here just with the kids. And I and I had to learn that, you know, I need to be here with them. I need to be because I want them to understand that this is not how you have to live your life. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that quickly, you know, started to make those changes earlier in my career. But, yeah, I agree with, with Kenny on that point. Mm. great advice stay open and uh how would you sum up what you just said um, it's okay to 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 what were you saying it's just okay follow to, your patch follow it's okay to follow your patch and, and yeah and not just chase money it's okay exactly. to follow your, yeah yeah I'm, not I'm just chase the, i'm sorry go ahead no go ahead i'm sorry i was just saying i was trying to work in the i like the point <laughs> about aligning you know your passion with the money if you can. Um, but yeah, I really like that. It's okay to follow your dreams. Both of them are great tips. So then uh, we would love to know how we can help either us as the Hazes, folks who might be watching the community. How can we help uh, what you have going on with Youth Challenge Inc. or or anything? How can we help? Well, I think one, you you already volunteered to come and speak to the young men. So yeah. that would, <laughs> that's that that'll be an incredible asset for us. Um, we're always looking for volunteers to come in and talk about what they do um, and just pour into it. And, and it doesn't necessarily have to be about what you do in your career. But just if you have some inspiring words for the young men, we always want people to come in and talk about that. So we're lo always looking for volunteers. Um, again, this is a, a program that requires, um, it requires funding. And yeah. so, um, if, if, if people are willing to donate to it or provide, you know, us with, you know, maybe grant resources or applications, we're always looking for people to help like with grant writing and those types of things that would, that would be helpful for us from the community just to continue to keep going. And the other thing is we need we we could always use more young men in the program. Yep. Mm -hmm. So if you if, if you know young men that are in this age group, ages 12 to 17, that could benefit from some of this. We'd love to have them come and be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And um, we're especially being virtual right now. We're pretty we're wide open. We can take people from all over the country and um, and we'll we'll likely continue some aspect of it yeah. being virtual once we're outside of this. That's one thing we've learned from it. Um, Cause we got some kids that are like in Alabama and some other places mm -hmm. that are, that are on the calls with us um, now. And it's, it's cool to just kind of see that reach. And um, so if, if, if you have family members or young people that you work with, we'd love to have them be a part of the program. Yeah. I just thought about three of them. All right. <laughs> <It is. laughs> cool. And, and, and one other thing I would that, that the uh, that I can think of in terms of how the greater community can help is that you know one thing, and we talked about it earlier, is content is always you know our biggest challenge, right? Mm -hmm. uh, just the a thinking of the content that we want to present, and then b how, what's the best way to present out that content. So. Uh, I'm sure you're, you have an audience full of incredible, uh, varied uh, experiences and backgrounds. Absolutely. We have great ideas for content that we can present. So please bring that to the table. And the last thing I want to hit you with, the two ways that you can reach us is via uh, the web. Our website is YCIATL, YCIATL.org. And then we're on Instagram as well under YCIATL. So uh, please funnel any of that information to those locations as, you know, again, we're always looking for not only volunteers, but ideas, because we want to make sure we put out the best product possible to help these young men grow to and truly reach right. their, their true heights. Uh, I absolutely would love to help with content if y'all need it. That's basically oh, what great. I do every day. So I got you, got you there. Yeah, hey, I love oh, it. Okay, great. Cool. Yeah, we need it. Music. We, we guess. We guess we'll let you come through. To, oh. you know, no girl. <laughs> no girl. And, 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 and to, to that point, though, so we have have also had you know a lot of women present out as well. Yeah. 
So uh, we are a group of young men, uh, but the young men need to see sisters yes, you know, pouring in them too as well. So we've had uh, a good friend of ours, Courtney, came, talked to him about, you know, college acceptance and what to do, mm-hmm. you know, from grades nine to 12 to get ready for that, you know, to get ready for school and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So we've had teachers come in and present out to them. So we want to have sisters also heavily involved. So, uh, so Omar, we got the haze down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so y'all, y'all, um, Shatay and I are both music fanatics. Uh, you know, we love music. There's a soundtrack to everything that we do. So we'll, we'll ask both of you guys, what's, what's your music for the moment? What's a song that uh, puts you in the mind and gets you ready for the work that you do with Youth oh. Challenge? What's your music for the moment? Ooh, that's a good Ooh, question. That's, that's <laughs> uh, oh, man. So I'm a music head as well. Me too. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I can always cheat. I'm a Prince fanatic. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna pull out Prince sign of the times on any time and I'm good, right? Nice. Uh, I like, you know, my it's funny, last night I was just going through like just 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 uh just a list of stuff and from a playlist I had and I heard everything from Chris Stapleton playing Tennessee Whiskey to mm-hmm. Dave Matthews band uh and Crash and uh I think music, man, music is just a beautiful thing because music can yeah. get you all kind of music is very similar to art in that way and that it can actually kind of elevate your mood Mm -hmm. or take your mood to a different place right it evokes emotion yeah Yeah, Mm -hmm. and so i'm a cheat man and just give the greatest musician of all time prince (laughs) as a person you can put in for any kind of mood on planet earth how about that (laughs) we'll let you run that (laughs) you know (laughs) i guess you know for for me, like right now, I've been um, I've been listening to Anderson Anderson Pack a lot lately. Um, His latest so, one, yeah, yeah. And so um, I'm I love Prince as well. Um, but like lately, I've been I've been really on on Anderson's work. And so um, it, you know, and it's so diverse. Um, yeah. Like you said, like the latest album is very different than the previous two, you know, so it's, it's very diverse. So you can get a lot from it. Um, so I I would say right now, that's what gets me in, in you know, that gets me going um, just listening to his different work. So, yeah, it was MLK Day. I think I had Anderson Pack on repeat lockdown. I think I played by <laughs> oh, did you? one day alone. But yeah, he's that's that's a good choice. Prince and Anderson Pack, really good choices. Well, did you go two. to the did you go to the concert when he was here? No. Did you get a chance to go? <laughs> it was yeah. it was it was a great it was one of the best that uh concerts that I've been to in a while, actually. Uh-huh. Uh it was at Chastain. So yeah. <laughs> We were just talking about, you know, there were a slew of folks that right before uh, like COVID peaked here and things Mm -hmm. shut down, her, Snow Allegra, a number of folks were coming to Atlanta and we were just, you know, looking for tickets. And we were just talking about who we are ready to see when the world. (laughs) I was like, I would love to see him when when outside opens. We got plans for days. We all have a lot of plans. There will be no no's when COVID is. Right. I'm be like, yeah, that's cool. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. We, I miss just going and like trying out different cocktails at different bars and like that kind of stuff, which we, Kenny and I did a lot before, you know, before this hit. So, like, things like that you just kind of miss, you know. Mm-hmm. Just hanging out with my wife and going and us doing the same thing, going to restaurants, going out. I, I can't wait for, for that to happen. So, Absolutely. you know, there's always a silver, not silver lining. That's probably ain't nothing silver lining about COVID, right? But <laughs> I've actually become out of that. I've become a damn good bartender. Hey, me too. Hey, I'm telling you, I can. Hey, it's coming, it's coming out of this. <laughs> I have become legit. I think that's actually our next venture. So <laughs> we've been talking about it. So. You need pastors, listen. Yeah. <laughs> Bourbon yeah. uh, connoisseur, y'all got going on. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, man. So we want to thank both of y'all, man, for uh, just, you know, 
coming on, uh, sharing all you did, you know, about Youth Challenge Inc. and uh, really how we can support men and really how we uh, have folks in our circle, man, who are who are doing this purpose work. man. we believe that all of us have purpose. All of us have our work that we should be doing to uh, uplift our communities. And we believe that it's all rooted in our love for our communities. And while we understand that there, there will always be a haze, we're here for it. And uh, we're ready to to do this work. So uh, we definitely appreciate y'all joining us today, man. It's been a been a pleasure and an honor having yeah. y'all, gentlemen. Great conversation. Thanks for having us. For having Thanks us for having us. Too. We really appreciate what it. You guys are doing. Yeah, y'all are doing. Yeah. Well, I think that's it. This is me, right? Yeah. All right. So until next time, everybody, thank you for joining. Uh, but until next time, we encourage you and challenge you to pull up to your purpose. Pull up. Pull up. <laughs> pull up. <laughs> Oh, baby, and I